Welcome to Better Animal Handling, Chapter 11, Episode 74. From the center of Missouri, USA, I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my catalog and horseback riding sidekick co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on safer horseback riding. Our topics for this week are how to ride horses more safely by proper rider attitude, riding a safer horse, assessing the horse's attitude, checking and maintaining riding tack, and dressing appropriately. Most trained horses are handled for the purpose of horseback riding. Riding horses can be a hazardous activity for both the rider and the horse. No license is required to ride a horse, yet horseback riding has a greater injury rate than riding a motorcycle, which does require a license. On the average, an injury occurs every 7,000 hours of riding a motorcycle. Injuries occur after an average of 350 hours of riding horses. Good riding is a true partnership, and many horse owners do not strive to maintain the partnership due to the unawareness of its importance and how to achieve it. Preparation for safe riding begins long before it's time to mount. No prospective adult horseback rider should attempt to ride a horse that he cannot catch, reasonably handle the horse's behavior while it's on a lead rope, and saddle it, which is also called tack it up, without help. If a prospective rider cannot catch the horse to be ridden, the rider should develop better horse handling skills or realize that the current horse is the wrong horse for that rider. No horse is a completely safe horse. Horses are 5 to 15 times larger, 20 to 40 times more powerful, and 3 to 4 times faster than a human. If a rider falls from a horse to the ground, it will generally be at a distance of 3.5 to 5.5 feet possibly head first. There are many styles of horseback riding. The most popular in the United States are Western style and English style. Either can be made relatively safe or can be highly dangerous, depending on the trainer or the rider, the training of the horse, and the quality and maintenance of the tack used. It's more common for English style riders to ride after qualified instruction, during supervision, and in more controlled environments than a large percentage of Western-style riders. Because of the lack of qualified supervision, the average Western-style rider may be at greater risk. Evie says at least cowboys ride shorter horses for shorter falls. Proper rider attitude is essential. A good rider is like an airplane pilot who surveys the upcoming environment and controls a horse's attention, speed, direction, and behavior. 
The rider should not just be a passenger. The horse must know their rider is the leader and trust the rider. Some self-confidence is required to ride horses because if thoughts are persistent about falling or getting thrown off, the prospective rider should not ride. Similarly, if the rider is not aware that there is a risk of falling or getting thrown off, they should not ride. Fear is detrimental and dangerous, but respect for the risk is important to maintain safety. Being nervous at times can heighten awareness and be an asset, but not if the nervousness is over enough to be perceived by the horse. Either being afraid or denying the risks of riding are both dangerous attitudes for riding horses. Abby says the reason she doesn't ride horses is that she has no fear of anything uh, except an empty food bowl. The majority of riders who get hurt by horses are injured by horses whose training or physical abilities do not match the training and physical abilities of its rider. Inexperienced riders riding poorly trained, improperly managed, or infrequently ridden horses place themselves in danger. Riding a horse is not like riding a motorcycle. Motorcycles can be ignored for months, if not years, then ridden and perform exactly the same as the last time. Horses are a partner to the rider with a variable disposition and physical ability that changes with time. Without recent favorable experiences with the rider, the partnership does not exist. Horses must be handled and ridden on a regular basis to be behaviorally reliable and physically able to be reasonably safe. When a partnership does exist, the horse is more than transportation like a motorcycle is. It can use its own senses to assist the rider in safely transversing dangerous terrain and being vigilant for other possible dangers. Properly managed riding horses spend the majority of their time in the pasture Interact with pasture mates to learn good citizenship. Get handled every day in ways to reaffirm the handler's gentle, consistent, and firm leadership. Plus, they are routinely exposed to new experiences in a variety of surroundings that build trust in the handler and his leadership. Stallions can be unpredictable and should be ridden only by experienced riders with knowledge of how to handle stallions. Mares and foal lactating mares, ill horses, and yearlings less than two years of age, or aged horses more than 25 years old, should not be ridden. A rider should catch and groom the horse he plans to ride. The relationship to do this successfully is important for safer riding. Grooming the horse develops a Trusting relationship between the horse and the rider. The horse's attitude after riding should be assessed. If a horse becomes more resentful of being ridden during a ride and have an improved attitude after a few days rest, they may have pain from exercise, such as saddle sores or arthritic pain. A rider should check and maintain the condition and safety of his own tack the riding gear on horses, and saddle the horse himself. This is just as important as a skydiver packing his own parachute. It not only helps to ensure proper tacking up, 
but allows the rider to assess the horse's attitude that day. Each piece of tack should be examined, especially the reins, cinch or girth, and the stirrups. Chicago screws, metal rein snaps, and where the leather bends around metal are the most probable sites of breakage or coming unfastened. In addition, the string rawhide ties on a western cinch latigo straps and on bridles should be checked before you try it. Equine helmets should be worn when riding, especially if the rider is inexperienced or the horse is young. Equine helmets are designed to protect the back of the head and are different than bicycle helmets. Many bike helmets have gaps in the shell and are pointed in the back to improve airflow, but this design provides insufficient protection for a fall from a horse. An equine helmet should have met standards set by the American Society of Testing Materials, ASTM International, and certified by the Safety Equipment Institute, SEI. A rider should be sure that the helmet is adjusted to fit his head. The chin strap is shaped like a Y that fits over the ears, which should be adjusted so that the bottom of the V portion of the Y is just below the ear. The chin strap should be snug enough to permit one finger underneath. The visor part of the helmet should be one inch above the eyebrows. If an impact occurs to the helmet, it should be replaced, even if there visually appears to be no damage. No earrings should be worn since they can be caught in the helmet straps. Many states have laws requiring helmets for riders 18 years of age or younger. Children should wear helmets around horses whether or not they plan to ride. Temporary partial blindness when among horses can be dangerous. Hooded garments should not be worn. Long hair which could restrict vision should be kept from the face. Loose long hair can also be caught in tack buckles, lead shanks, and lead line snaps. Goggles should be worn if working around horses in muddy conditions. Body protectors or protective vests are recommended for jumping events, especially cross-country jumping. They assist in preventing some bruises, abrasions, fractures, and neck and shoulder injuries. The ASTM also rates vests. British-made vests are rated by the British Equestrian Trade Association, BETA, or the European Committee for Standardization. These have three levels of protection, with level one being the least protective. The ASTM standard is considered to be between the European standards of two and three. Some are airbag technology and have a ripcord that's attached to the saddle to activate the inflation. Proper fit should permit the wearer to breathe easily and move his arms in a full range of motion. Proper footwear is very important in riding safety. Western-style riders should wear boots larger than normal so that they're loose enough to come off easily in case of a fall. Traditional cowboy boots are designed for riding. Roper boots have short tops and lower heels. They're designed for walking, 
and are not as safe as traditional cowboy boots to ride in. The boot should go at least halfway up the calf and have a large heel at least one inch high and little to no tread. Boots that have crepe soles, deep treads, or are lace-up are more likely to hang up in a stirrup if the rider is thrown or falls off the horse. The purpose of lace-up boots are to tighten the boot around the ankle. This is just the opposite of what's desired in a safe western riding boot. Riding clothing should be snug but not tight. To prevent getting hung up on a western-style saddle horn, the rider should unbutton lower buttons on jackets or slickers, which are raincoats for riding, to prevent the jacket or slicker from hooking over the horn and preventing the rider from leaning back if the horse stops suddenly. Traditional western riding clothing has snaps rather than buttons to prevent hang-ups in the saddle. Hip-length coats may hook the back behind the cantle. Waist-length coats, or split knee-length, which are called duster coats, are safer. Other clothing or accessories that might get caught on the saddle horn should also not be worn. Riding pants or jeans should not fold or bunch on the inside of the rider's leg or have a thick inseam, especially at the rider's knee. Otherwise, the friction on the inside of the rider's leg that occurs during riding will braid the rider's leg. Western-style pant legs should be long enough to bunch, called stacking, when the person is standing so that when straddling the saddle, the ends of the pants do not ride up over the top of the boots. Pant legs should be over the top of the boots if working in brush to keep the weed burrs and other debris out. This is called Texas style. And stuffed inside the boots if working in mud or snow to keep the pant legs dry. This is called buckaroo or northwestern style. For comfort and to prevent loss of Pocket contents, nothing should be carried in the hip pockets. If access to pockets is needed while riding, a vest or jacket with pockets should be worn. English-style riders use knee-high riding boots that are worn over the lower aspects of their pants that negate the problem of the pants going over the top of the boots. Now, let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Riders must be able to handle a horse they wish to ride from the ground before they attempt to mount it. A rider should be matched with a horse that has the appropriate level of training and with the horse's disposition. Riders should maintain his or her own riding tack. The appropriate attire should be worn for safer riding. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. It's also available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about 
proper tacking up. Hey, Abby, our listeners may want to know more about you. I know that Australian cattle dogs and border collies are the best frisbee players. What else makes you unique? True, you cattle dogs are born white and mature as either red or black. Maybe if we all did that, racism wouldn't exist anymore. <laughs>